What is up, everybody? Mr. Jim to my right, Mr. Ryan Muckenhern across from me. Guys, we've had, uh, man, we've had this podcast on the books for a real long time. It's true. Jim, you bought a rifle for this podcast, <laughs> which I it didn't did. really take a whole lot of arm twisting. No. And, uh, man, just a lot, of, a lot of forethought to this one, and I love it when a plan comes together. Speaking of that. Don't you? Jim, hold on. That's a quote. Do you know that that's a quote? I got it. I picked up on it. Did you? That's a quote from the A-Team. I don't watch television. Well, oh, it's, a, yeah. it's a classic television show. If you haven't watched it, I suggest you do. If you're out there in uh, audio YouTube world and you all, haven't watched the A-Team. All I can I, say is I pity the fool. I, exactly. Watch the A-Team. That's some classic, classic television. And a rifle commonly featured in that series, Ryan, the Mini-14. One that actually looks almost uh, identical, minus I don't think they had a suppressor, um, to one of the ones on the table here. We have two, and it's funny because we determined, we were like, hey, we like doing some of these gun podcasts. We've done a couple of them now, and you know, I it may have been my idea, you know, I, and I'd be happy to claim it if it was, but I was like, let's do the Mini-14, man. We got it. It's just, it's like this weird stepbrother of the firearms industry that you kind of have to love, but then yet at the same time, you sort of try to, like a lot of people try to distance themselves from it, but they love it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I had always wanted to get a Mini 14. We did a, I did a very weak job of asking around to see if anybody had one just so that I could have an excuse <laughs> to buy one. Oh, nobody here has one. We got to have one He's for the in show. the warehouse. It's 9 o'clock at night. Not a soul in there. Anybody got a Mini? <laughs> and, well, uh, well, and, nope. then, and then yeah. like yesterday, though, you're like, uh, I mean, you go, like you said, you buy this firearm, get it set up, and then you're like, oh, Kevin has one, yeah, too. Yeah, Kevin has one. He's had so actually we- three. <laughs> so I was like, we'll just get, uh, mine's all, you know, now pimped out, and I was like, we'll get Kevin's, because his is more natural. A little, little more classic of a look there. Right. Can, uh, can I tell a question quick? Please. So James purchased a rifle for the podcast to produce content on. I have also purchased rifles for the podcast to do content on. Yeah. I've got one. You do? Are we, do when are we going to do yeah. a thing about it? We're going to do the uh um the Tika. The Tika. Oh, dang it, he's got me there. I yeah. he was he our I got a whole plan. Golly. And it's going to be really good. I was really hoping really hoping we'd get Boardman to buy a gun. It's got to be something absurd. I already it did. Does. A is not absurd enough. Yeah, we talked about Tika's ad nauseum. Yeah. yeah, but now we're putting into practice what we've talked. It's going to be great. Anyway, Trust me. Back ten, to the Mini 14. 10 likes, Mark. Buys a gun. Back, okay. Yeah, all cool. it takes is 10. Back to the Mini 14. Yeah. Um, Ryan, can we get some uh, some of the old classic history on uh, these things? I believe the year was 1973. I got it pronounced. Oh, good. 1973. Yep. Thanks, um, Markopedia. This is an adaptation kind of of an M1 Garand that looks like an M14 mm-hmm. that functions differently. Um, this is a collaborative effort between uh, Ruger Firearms and then a gentleman who is also whose name escapes me at this point in time. Everybody thinks about Eugene Stoner as the father of the AR, which he is, um, but he had partnership okay. with other designers. A gentleman instrumental, Mark, it's probably in your printouts. Uh, James Sullivan. I was thinking it was... It says a- designer L. James Sullivan and William B. Ruger. Okay. So that guy's We'll name, go with that for I now. I thought it was something completely different. Mm. 
um, designed the Mini. They incorporated parts of the Grand. They incorporated parts of the M14, and they came out with the, quote, Mini 14. Which, it's like a unique operating system, correct? Uh, it's very different than both of those. The only thing it shares is stylistic cues to the M14. Absolutely. And some functionality of the Bolt from the M1 Grand. Can, can I just mention some of the stylistic cues of this rifle, which I think actually is what just made it made for television? Please. It is rad. It's always been so radical looking, and 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 like I said, I I know, at least to me, I know it's got design cues from these like very classic rifles, like you said, like the, um, the, the Grand. But I don't know, man. Like it's just like, at least when I saw them coming out, or when I saw them on the market, they looked different than really any rifle that I was familiar with. It's funny when it I it was kind of like an AR before ARs were ARs. Well, yeah. Oh, the the commercial AR predates this by. Uh, like a decade, but during the. But I mean, like, by popularity-wise, though, maybe I'm just they, way off. I mean, they were rocking and rolling by that time. I'm not saying that they were like every gun shop was selling Colt SP1s, but they had been out for quite some time. But then we had the assault weapons ban for a while. That is correct. And the Ruger Mini 14, I don't think, was included in that. Correct. Well, d- depends. Did it have a barrel shroud? Oh, the shoulder thingy that goes up? Yeah. <laughs> um, parts of that gun were a no-no. Mm. Magazines being one of them, potentially. Yeah. Uh, and then things like barrel shrouds and <clears throat> uh, flash hiders. Uh, but d- we digress. Um, it's a child of the 70s. The 70s and 80s guns, weirdest, weirdest guns. Yeah. Best guns. So good. And I mean... They still have it around today, yeah. and they've added some different variants over time. In the yep. 80s, uh, they late 80s, they added the 762 by 39 which we now affectionately know as the Mini 30. And I, we were just talking about that before we started, because yep. I was like, why why was that the next move? They've got a Mini 14 shooting the old 223, and then the next move, of all things to make it shoot, they're like 762 by 39 Now, hold on a minute. It wasn't the next move. There was a was there gun. There was a gun in the interim that never made it. To commercial light. It was called the Ruger XGI, which was a full-size version of this gun, kind of more of an M14, but like a Mini 14 converted to 308, larger scale. Oh. XGI never got off the ground. I've heard rumor that there are some floating around on the commercial space. I've never seen one touched one or found one. No, it never got off the ground. Is that a uh, that, that was Ruger's problem, or that was that it didn't get very much success? No. So there was some some mechanical failure or or something that was preventing this gun from functioning normally. And so the XGI it made it into a catalog. It never made it into production. Um, and and so that was a thing. It was two forty three Winchester three hundred eight, and I f- think that was it. Don't think they ever tried anything else in the XGI. Um, and then of course we have the mini 30, seven, six, two by 39. Jim and I were speculating as to why that was that commercial move. And I think it had to do with the influx of SKSs that were coming out of the market space, chomping up that style of rifle at a given price point using that ammunition. And I think Ruger's like, we should make a gun that uses that ammunition. That ammo was what basically just extremely bountiful and extremely dirt cheap or. Yeah. Uh, until not that long ago, right? Um, in yeah, I remember selling spam cans of seven six two by thirty nine. I don't even know how many rounds I had in them. 
but you had to use like a knife or a can opener to open them or some had pull tabs on them. It was just a ton of rounds and it was, it was like 80 bucks for like 500. I don't even know. It was I, during that time period, and you're, and you're 100% right, Ryan, yeah. it sounds like via my research here, like we had this huge influx yeah. of Russian like surplus, milis- surplus yeah. ammo. Yeah. And so made a gun to go along with it. Like yeah. you said, cheap ammo, lots of it, easy to get. Yes. Off you go. And then um, there's a couple other calibers that were produced. 6.8 SPC, so that's a pretty modern one. Yeah. Uh, 300 AAC. Mm-hmm. I know, I still need to procure one of yes, those. Yes, you do. Uh, maybe that's one that Mark buys. Um, and triple deuce. 222 remote. So here's the cool part about the triple deuce. He's good. It's all in here. I sold eight Ruger minis in triple deuce. They were, this was a cool thing. Um, we bought out of, uh, we affectionately called it the vault. It was like new old stock of minis in triple deuce. They were produced for the European market. We got eight of them. Mm-hmm. Um, through like some sort of handshake and high five deal that we had made with our Ruger rep back at the shop. Oh God, I hated them rascals. I regret every day not buying that gun. That would be a cool gun to if, own. If only because they made them for like a year or not long. I mean, yeah. maybe it's longer than a year. I don't know how long, but there was very few of them put into production. And I regret not owning that gun. Shocking that. Triple Deuce, I can see not taking off just just because it's I don't, it seems a little odd for a period for the platform. Oh yeah, bizarre, right? But the issue here was military cartridge, i.e., five point five six by forty five millimeter. Yeah, in countries that disallow that kind of thing, hmm. and so Triple Deuce fills that need and it fills it brilliantly. And so the guns look exactly the same caliber, two 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 Remington. It's like awesome. It's cute. Yep. That's awesome. The one I'm surprised didn't take off was the 300 Blackout. Yeah. Um, you can't get it anymore new. You got to find it. Like, we found one, you know, used, but they're pretty expensive. Yes. Uh, people know kind of what they have there. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, I don't know, I guess they came out with it around the time that ARs were so prolific and yeah. the people were chambering those and 300 Blackout and, you know. And, and Mini 14s, they, we, we would be remiss to not bring up the fact that they have kind of this, like, forever gray cloud looming over their heads of being kind of crummy in the shooting department, you especially a, accuracy. From, a, from an accuracy stamp, yeah. yeah. You, you had about a 50% chance. Um, it either hammered or it definitely did not hammer. Yeah. and um, Maybe that's why nobody in a single episode of the A-Team ever got hit. That could be. But they, I'll <laughs> to my recollect, there might have been a shoulder shot every now and then. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh. But a lot of those rounds hit the dirt. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, they were pretty, pretty juxtaposed uh, relationship with the shooting community because they were renowned for being famously reliable, um, tactical, but man, they did not do well necessarily in the accuracy department. I mean, from an evolutionary standpoint, though, like it sounds like over the years they've made some adjustments yeah, to the. We, you know, correct that. It, I, I don't remember the year that the Mini 14 Target came out, um, but I think that was about the time that they had made the super meaningful change to... 2007. Okay. To the barrel. Um, Brent and is coming in clutch today. I'm glad he's here. I knew I was working retail at the time because the first Mini 14 Target that I had come in was the gray laminate thumbhole stock version. They had a, gi- oh, yeah. had a gigantic harmonic tuner on them. It, it was like the size of your suppressor. <laughs> and... 
it had like a myriad of set screws that you could loosen and move the thing on there and like the whole rest of the barrel was threaded and it was like this we were a bit shocked that this was the proposed solution unbeknownst to me at the time the proposed solution had already been enacted and and what it was is if you look at the barrels on <clears throat> excuse me if you look at the barrels on these now they have a distinct shoulder like a, the the diameter changes right when it hooks up to I don't know if we'll call this a trunnion or the gas system. I've seen people say gas block. Sure. And I think it gets the point across. Yeah, it's a unique tapered barrel, huh? Yes. Um, the early ones didn't have that. They were just a straight contour right through. And um, what I was told was the top part of that gas system would shift shot over shot over shot over shot and would put a, a different point of pressure on the barrel itself. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we would have varying accuracy, just like a variable tuner would do the exact same thing or a loose muzzle brake would do the same thing. That simple shoulder change there, now preventing that from sliding, and all of a sudden they become famously accurate. Yeah. And I, I had a local customer who was a mini fanatic, and he bought one of the target rifles. And, and full admission, at that point in time, I was like, oh my gosh, I am sending Dan down the road with something and he brought back some groups with it that were just brilliant i mean like contend with any target ar at the time Mm -hmm. and it was a mini so the benefits of the mini were reaped the accuracy of the ar was there and then it became i think a super viable gun i've never heard of somebody having one of the new ones that doesn't and by new i mean this is now a you know almost two decades ago right um not having one of the newer ones that isn't an absolute delight to shoot from an accuracy standpoint. And um, just the and the shooting standpoint in general. So I had never actually fired a Mini-14 before. Mm-hmm. And then I got this one. I sighted it in. So I've got the Samson Hannibal rail on top, which I attached a Venom Red Dot to. And uh, so for those the not... Hannibal rail. That's literally I, what it's dude, called. Dude, I love it. And, uh, and I have the A-Team stock on here, which is also kind of that stainless color to match. This is a stainless tactical model, 16.1 inches with threaded barrel. Um, so I shot this thing that I'd heard so many people say, very light felt recoil. I would agree entirely. And I was at 50 yards with a red dot. I actually think that this might, no, this is a three MOA Venom. So it's 50 yards with a little red dot on it with a folding stock, which we'll get actually into a little bit, uh, more, but I was keeping them all inside the X ring. Yeah, no problem. I Impressive. had a couple rounds touching. Shoots, shoots just like your 16 inch AR does. It it shoots exactly like my AR yeah. does. I've I've never really handled one of these, you know, that much before. Or I guess if I did, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Um, Kevin's there now. His is the ranch rifle. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So he mentioned when I was chatting with him earlier today. So he had a. His son, you know, as a youth, was a little bit recoil sensitive. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'm not, you know, bearing, you know, anything, something. But uh, so he had him shoot his first deer with that, or he hunted with that early on. And when I picked that thing up, I'm like, man, this thing is light. It's handy. Yeah. It's an auto loader. But it's actually kind of, for its size, like, it's kind of heavy, though. And it's it's a 223. Where I'm going with that, though, is like, I bet it is just an absolute dream to shoot. And I made that comment downstairs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing, I bet you could just. I don't think it's quite as heavy as a 16 inch AR. No. I think it's actually a little lighter than that. It's, uh, it's a pretty trim gun. 
I guess I'm. Comp- I would compare it like in men- comparing mentally, I'm comparing it to like a synthetic stock uh, bolt gun of equal size. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. Yes, and I think I- I'm talking from like a, a recoil and hunting perspective with that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right there, Mark. I mean, there's a lot more mechanism um, on this than there is on a bolt gun. So. Mm-hmm. Stands to reason it's a little bit porkier than that, but it's very balanced though. Like it yeah. sounds good, you know. Like I don't know, I liked it. They come up nice to your eye. That's the one thing that I that I was going to get at was that like this is a gun where you know with iron sights on or with a low set red dot. Like I've got this venom, the cheek weld, like face eye position on it is absolutely perfect. And I and what I was saying is we get back to this folding stock here from the Samson thing, which I think that Ruger might offer as a package deal, but you can get it. It's very easy to put on your gun. Even with this folding stock, it's actually so many times you get like these wire folders and stuff yeah. like on AKs and you're just putting your chin on it and it's super uncomfortable. This is actually, you can rest your cheek on it and like get into the gun and your eye is still in the perfect spot. And it's extremely comfortable to shoot, even with basically resting your face on a on a pipe. On a pipe. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, like this is basically like it looks like conduit. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, I just think I just think this thing is awesome. Some of the things are goofy, obviously, and like I still prefer an AR because an AR, like the magazine release and and inserting a magazine, taking a magazine out on AR is easier than on the Ruger Mini 14. The safety is a little goofy because you have that. Have to put your finger inside of the trigger guard in order, to, in order to take the gun off safety. But you know, I think. All right, let me see that. So it's just right here. Ooh. So that's off safe. That's on safe. So I mean, you know, if you're if you're maybe teaching someone how to shoot with this, like that's an obvious, uh, like, hey, let's take a little more time to concentrate on what we're doing here. Um, but I didn't know that about that. It's no. uh, it. I just I really like this gun, and and with the folder on it, I'm like, talk about truck gun. This, you know, people say, or just a gun that you can just, like, bring with you easily anywhere. This thing is so nice. I love it. And it shoots so good. I, I, I like, I, I took it on the range. And I shot it fast. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I I think I actually shot this thing fast, better than I shoot an AR fast. Did you shoot it at all with the stock folded in? No, I didn't. To be honest. Liar. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> uh... These magazines are unfortunate. So unfortunate. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Because they're He's, not. Jim's like, I got, I got bad news, guys. That this is the bad news. This is the bad news. <laughs> I think this is the crux of the Mini 14, and I still don't understand why no one's figured out a way to uncrux it. What uh, is wrong with that magazine? It's not a standard magazine, Mark. It looks like oh, it's not a standard okay. AR magazine. Okay. It looks okay. like a stain egg. It feels like a stain egg. It ain't a stain like egg. It ain't a stain egg. You can't just take your metal AR mags or your P mags, which I would extremely love, and just stick them in the gun and let it work. Gotcha. These have to be specific. And and I've heard all kinds of things, like some of the aftermarket ones aren't as good as the Ruger ones, whatever. But it, you know, I have all these Ruger 20-round ones. I think there's some bigger ones, but it's like... I would love to be able to use my P mags, so much. That does and make that makes it, a lot of that sense. That just kind of sucks. A lot of sense. That kind of sucks. I thought you were going to say like, I'm like, what's wrong with the metal mag? Like, no, I mean the magazines they function fine. I've never had, I haven't had any issues with. They're it. unique to the gun. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean that proprietary makes proprietary mags, dude. It, we've we've talked about it. proprietary mags. Kind of it kind of sucks when you got to deal with that. And then at the same well, and time, they, and and really there's. <sighs> They're so close. It's so close. You're right. It, you know, they'd have to they'd have to mess with this block somehow and 
bring, you know, like the push buttons to, I don't know what they would have to do exactly because I'm not a, a gun engineer, but, you know, it's like, it's so close, like you said, Mark. Uh, At least it appears to be. It appears to be. Taking these things down is, you need one tool, but it's super easy. I wish we had that tool on us, like we just had a screwdriver. But you just freaking click this trigger guard down, and then the whole top just comes right out. No kidding, huh? Yeah. Uh, and then you can just pull that trigger unit straight out of the bottom. Very serviceable gun. Extremely serviceable. Speaking of service, <clears throat> the Mini was one of the uh, commonly issued guns to the Bureau of Prisons. Yep. And uh, I always kind of got a kick, even here. So very recently we had uh, some BOP affiliates come in, and they were issued Minis in their career. And so we've been in this building since 2018. And they're like, yeah, no, I got a Mini. That's their issued gun, which I think is neat. And there's not a darn thing wrong with it either. I think some... Um, maybe lower budget uh, police departments, like like small uh, small departments, have utilized these things. I'm unaware of any official military service. Yeah, I'm I'm checking on that right now, Ryan. Well, and there was a full auto made AC556. Yeah, it does not look dissimilar to your system. Yeah, they use this uh, they use this stock setup on yep. that gun. Interestingly yep. enough, and uh, they had a selector switch on them, which is pretty neat. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this stock, and they made the funny comment. They were like, "Yep, you know, they call this the paratrooper. You're uh, you're in a plane and out of the plane in just a couple of minutes, and then you got to last a couple of weeks with the stock the rest of the time." You know, so they're like, "Is it really worth it uh, for that little bit of time that you were in the plane and jumping in the sky?" But I still think this stock is actually. I I wouldn't do it any different. I wouldn't actually like prefer necessarily no, this over this. It's so comfortable. She kind of fits does I'm, I'm as we're talking about this i'm i'm trying to go through the efforts of convincing myself that for some reason i need a mini of some it's variety a, right i'm having you a hard do. time with it you do you talk about the crux being the magazine i also think there's a second crux and that Tell is me. the ruger proprietary mounting solution which mm. has been uh rectified because you can now get a factory picatinny rail that goes in in place of that mine came in the box yeah it. And and so that's cool. Um, I I think it's something that uh, modernizing a bit would would be a good play. My opinion. Once you put that on there, though, then you do end up like the cheek weld is not the same as it was. Right. Like so, it, it really serves best with a low a low mounted red dot. Yeah. Or the iron sights. Um, yep. But it's they're so cool. I love like racking the charging handle on this thing. We talked about. It feels like an '80s credit card processor. Just so mechanical. Like it's, it feels so good. It's got a nice. I was watching. I was watching some movie the other day where they had an '80s credit card processor, and dude, it just brought me back. I liked yeah. it. Oh yeah. Uh, Ryan, earlier you mentioned conflicts. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes we call you Muckapedia. I'm I'm uh, Markapedia today. You absolutely only are. because I actually have notes. Today's notes brought to you by Wikipedia. By the way, uh, so I can't. We all know I can't. I can't take credit. So one of most sources of information. If uh, if any of this information is wrong, blame them. Um, <laughs> this open source editable. <laughs> if any of it's wrong, uh, the uh, the Rhodesian Bush War. Oh, the Rhodesians. Uh, the Troubles. 
which I don't know what that one is. Well, Honestly, I'll, I'll have to look that one up a little bit further. Now you sound like you're naming video says militias slash commando video game con- and the conflict. Now I might say this wrong: the Verm- the Vermelo conflict, Vermelo conflict. Is this perhaps. a situation in which that arm was procured on contract, or is this like we've got a bunch of mishmash? Uh, don't know. Okay. Yeah. That, well, I guess what I was saying is I don't. I'm unaware of. Uh, oh, I wasn't saying that you were wrong. I was, no, I'm. I'm, I'm unaware of. Like I wasn't attacking. For. I'm unaware of. Um, like this is an issued firearm. Yeah. Yeah. I can. I can say the 1022, another Ruger product, classic, is an issued firearm. Okay, because we've talked about this before, oh, yeah. but I don't recall what it was issued for or who or when. Uh, number of groups, suppressed, small format. I like how I like how some group performing clandestine operations was like ah we have access to every firearm that anyone can imagine but none of these will do you know what would do <laughs> and then a, the fast, a fast twist short barreled 1022 you know what I you know what I used to use for squirrels that I think would really fit the bill for what we're doing right now? <laughs> hey, that uh, and that and the Ruger Mark II pistol. Mm, yeah. That's a good one. Check out the AWC amphibian if you want a, a little bit of um history. Ruger is Ruger is as a brand, very cool brand. They've yeah. come out with a lot of very neat guns. A lot of guns that really um like I feel like so often you hear Winchester, Remington. Um, you know, and, and then a lot of the classic American stuff that like from lever actions and stuff like that, like Henry and, uh, and Marlin and Ruger, it's not that they don't get brought up, but I don't know if they get enough credit for also being one of those manufacturers that shaped so much about the American firearms scene. Oh yeah. Sometimes they still do it today. Like, cause, and we've talked about the Ruger American, which then bred the Ruger Precision Rifle, which has changed the precision rifle scene entirely. And they always seem to bring, like, if, if customers are like, if only we had something like this people offer, but with these features from something else. And Ruger is almost always the ones to bridge the yeah. gap. So it's awesome that you say that because in a, in a, a world and a time when the AR was a naughty tool uh, socially, mm-hmm. Ruger's answer. Heck yeah. You like ARs? You like 223? You like varminting, recreating, home defense, hunting? Here's a thing with a wood stock that looks like your traditional hunting rifle that gives you all the same things you like about the AR. Yeah. Love it. There are companies now that are, are doing that. Are trying to make ARs like ARs, wood? Yeah, correct. And yeah. it's like, check out this novel idea. Check out 1973. 73. 1973. You know, there... Is one other thing that I always think about when I think about the Ruger Mini 14? Chipotle. Jim, <laughs> I'm having a hard time with that one, my friend. Do you remember when the world found out that, at least at a time, Chipotle was very pro open carry? I don't. Now, it, or, or I, I can't remember, to be honest with you, like the details of the of the whole backstory are a bit fuzzy still. I can't remember if, if it was that Chipotle was very pro open carry or that or it was actually that they just didn't have any policies in place that would prevent someone from open carrying in a, a, oh, okay. in a one of their stores. Yep. 
And and so there was a movement of people going into Chipotle and buying burritos whilst open carrying whatever. I and and what we what came from that was a picture on the internet of two gentlemen wielding their Chipotle burritos, maybe some chips and salsa. And one of them had an AR and the other had an extraordinarily plastically decked out Mini 14. A fit. And I, that's that just fits, it. And man. so that's kind of another one of the like slight cruxes of the Mini 14 <laughs> is that if, if you... Every, every time you think of it, you get hungry? Well, I am hungry right now, come to think of it. But... <laughs> Sometimes I know what you're getting the, at, Jimmy. the vibe or how people may perceive you as a person if you have a mini 14 is like they might see you on a picture on the internet with you wearing like a bandana over your face with a Chipotle burrito in the store with a mini 14 slung over your shoulder. That fits. It it I think that was just I mean that, but I think that was just I mean that was just kind of like a blip of a time period. So I I go, I did a Google search here, mm-hmm. Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I googled uh, Chipotle open carry. Oh yeah, did you find the picture? So well, not that, but this the first thing that came up. If you push and, the images button, it'll show you things. But it says uh, Chipotle Mexican Grill will no longer allow firearms in its restaurants after gun rights activists posed with military-style assault rifles. I hate the word assault rifles, by the way. At one of its Texas outlets. Yeah, uh, that was that was two, 2014. Yeah, 2014. Chipotle bands. I bet if we go to Google Images, we'll see my friends. There they are! Yeah, <laughs> look at them! Look at this guy! Look at, there's the AR, and look at his buddy next to him, and he's wearing like a, like a tie-dye, it's either a tie-dye shirt or like a, or like a skillet t-shirt. Skillet. And, uh, Skill. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what are they called again? Affliction. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Look at this mini fourteen. Well, no wonder he I didn't know what it have, is. It's look, not a. Yeah, it's just amazing. That's a mini thirty. You know, there, they actually. thought they were. Maybe they thought they're doing the. I don't know. That's a. Uh, it's a thing. Look at them though. They're having a good time getting burritos. I've eaten Chipotle one time, and that was with you. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Well, uh, unfortunately, we can't bring our minis in there anymore. This, At least did we just according find, to them. Did we just find the thumbnail for the podcast? Maybe so. <laughs> um, uh, Jake's Mark, over there. Anyway. He's not listening <laughs> Mark, to us did anymore. we miss anything about the mini? You know, I, th- it's so I was going to add some things, oh, please, but then you guys... Um, you kind of you really covered a, lo- a lot of the good stuff here. It's you know, there's, well. there's, there's one variant that we didn't really talk about that's not really a mini, but kind of is. And Ruger made... Also, the Deerfield carbine in 44 Magnum that looks like a mini, talks like a mini, walks like a mini, but it's chambered in 44 Magnum. But now, how was that um, different? Like, would you have would you have noticed something physically different about it? Like the magazines were they really different? Looking I don't have my Google machine on me. Yeah. Um, so you'd have to look up a picture of it. And, and this was see, the what, Ryan? Uh, the Deerfield carbine. It's it's probably not listed on your literature because it's a completely different gun, but the stylistic cues of the mini. Only chambered in forty-four Magnum. Oh, any chance you could pull that one up? I Beck? think I could. It's very so I was gonna, hold on. Let me give me give me one second here. <sighs> While Mark looks, I will say, like I said, it suppresses well. I yeah. put a suppressor on. No, it. no overgas, right? No overgas, and I didn't have to tune anything. Just ran. It just runs. Yep. 
And I have to imagine, like, when you have a system like this, it like beefy operating system, like uh, you add a little bit more gas in there, pressure from the suppressor, and it it just seems to just eat it up. Sure. Like it's not. You know, sometimes with ARs, they can be finicky about being tuned properly when you start messing with cans and, you know, gas systems and stuff like that. But this thing, no no perceivable difference. Like, it just didn't care. Sure. And okay. it absolutely flings brass a country mile. Yeah, they do. It, it, you could, you could honestly, if the A-team, if they were in the A-team and like they were getting flanked from their right side and they were shooting at the guys in front of them, they could also be like harming the people to their, to their immediate right. It's a good defense mechanism from attacks from the top and to the right. It is. It yeah. is. Um, so I know, we, so before we, so we were mentioning, car, mentioning the cartridges yeah. before, Ryan. And so the one, maybe you did mention it. So I'm just going to get there. It's fine. Uh... Mark has turned the two twenty three Remington. We, I don't think we mentioned. Maybe we did mention, but so two twenty two, like you said, two twenty three, three hundred AAC. You mentioned that five point five six by forty five, the seven six two by thirty nine, and the six point eight SPC. So I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned the two twenty three. Okay, the Deerfield carbine. Are there ones that are just chambered in two twenty three and not five five six? Um, probably. Yes. Maybe some of the older ones. Yes, I okay. distinctly remember in Ruger textilization point two two three rem. Uh huh. Mark has just been over here. Oh. He basically is just trying to provide good information. So the Deerfield carbine, first thing that comes up here, or model ninety nine slash forty four, is a forty four magnum semi automatic rifle produced by Sturm Ruger and Company. It uses a rotating bolt short stroke gas piston. It was introduced in two thousand and discontinued. In 2006, short-lived uh, little lifespan there. If you hit the right. images button, so you that's, can see more. Yeah, see, Mark, there is, it came up with an image. There is a button up here. There was an image. There's a couple, couple different that's kinds there. There's about. some right there. Oh, maybe there's all three of them right there. There's the magazine. That's what I was most curious yeah. about. It looks like a it looks like a uh, 1022 magazine yeah. with the big, like, kind of like dissimilar. bulgy thing at the top. There's a couple different versions of the Ruger semi-automatic 44. Uh, well, here, there's one this that one was, might have all, there's three here. There they are. Look at those. Yep. Thank you very much, Mark. So there they are. There's the one right in the middle is the one that I'm referring to. And why? What? Because you can see the stylistic cues. Oh, uh-huh. Yep, sure. That resemble that of the Mini. So they've got the, the shroud over the op rod. They've got a little heat shield going on. They've got that same rotating bolt, similar rotating bolt. Very cool guns. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah. I feel like some of the original Mini 14s, the shroud was made of wood. I've That's what it said, I think. Not seen that. His teeth were made of wool. <laughs> Holy crap! Well, no, I have seen that. You're absolutely right, Mark. Now Let that you've shocked my I'm memory, reading something earlier. Oh. It's okay. It's okay, Mark. Thank you for looking up the. Deerfield carving. We should give it a notable mention because it was a really cool gun. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, that's thank you, Mark. Just banging away with them forty fours. Hey, I've got a buddy of mine that's got the tube fed version. Okay, and yep. that just looks like a giant ten twenty two. Yeah, um, amazing gun. Blaster, if you're listening, and I know you are. He got it for like three hundred bucks. I've never been so mad. That's that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh good man, that thing's a hammer too. Should sell me that gun. Call me. <laughs> Call me. Easy. I, I, dude. I love the Mini 14. I'm a big fan. I'm glad you got it. 
I'm a big fan now. And uh, it's like, the thing is, is that we're so far into, you know, it's 2023 slash whatever you're listening to this. Like, we are so far into ARs and how nice they are and how you can build them and do all this stuff that, like, the Mini 14 will, like, there's nothing that you can really do to it to make it, to make it better than those, you know? But I think it's I appreciate how good it is, despite the fact that it's not an AR, like the ubiquitous AR. And using, you know, like, it doesn't use any of the same parts of the AR. Whenever anybody comes out with a new gun now, it's always like, well, it takes AR buttstocks and it takes buffer tubes and grips and magazines and lower receipt. And at this, and you finally, in the end, you're like, we just made another AR. But Jim, is, you were just complaining that this different. didn't accept AR mags. That's, that's the only one, that's thing. thing. That's the only yeah. thing. Magazines. Which, uh, magazines aren't like accessories. Magazines are, are a functioning part of the gun. I would love it if, if it took that. But otherwise, it's just so uniquely not an AR. Correct. And, but, but without giving up any functionality. Yes. There, there are many guns that try to fill that space. Despite the history, jaded or otherwise... Nothing has come close to doing it as well as this gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're cool. Yeah. It's like the American SKS. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, like, when I look at these, it's like, it's kind of like an AK. It's kind of like an AR. It's kind of like a, you know, like a classic Grand. It's yeah. kind of like a typical hunting rifle, you know, when you look at the ranch rifle. Well, I feel like the AK to the SKS is the AR to the Mini-14. You know what I mean? Like, they both have their respective... Yeah. Like, if somebody in Russia or China or whenever as many of the Comblock countries was like, I really, really want this AK, but I would like it to look more traditional. SKS. Yeah. Yeah. There you have it. There you have it. They're cool. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm so uh, glad I have this. I'm glad you got it, Jim. I'm sorry it took so much to talk you into getting that I for know, this podcast. I know. It was so worth it. Ryan, and I just really had to just chip away at you. Yeah, I know. At me? Oh no, we had to chip away at Jimmy. Sorry, I was. Did he just get aggressive? I was falling in love with this thing again. Golly, I don't need this, James. I think I added everything to cart. <laughs> at the same time, I bought it all, and then within the same day that I got it at my dining room table, I had it all assembled in full A-team spec. It's lovely. Well, all right, that's that. Hot dog. That's that. Thanks, Jim. Anybody else Thanks, out there Ryan. got a sweet mini? Love to hear about it. Take your mini to get any burritos lately. <laughs> we should go get burritos. We should. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. See you. Bye. Bye.